Hey listeners, heads up that even though we tend to keep our language clean, this episode contains some swearing for obvious reasons. The topic just doesn't have the same power unless we drop a few F-bombs, so you may want to listen with headphones. I put carpet panels up in my a little closet, my recording studio. <laughs> we had all these carpet squares with sticky stuff on the back that like, Darren had gotten for the office, but then the main building decided to carpet the whole thing, so then we had all these extra squares. So I came home and I stuck them up on the wall and I was really proud of myself. And then I closed the door and had a client session and I was hearing like them slowly fall off the wall, <laughs> just like rip, trash. <laughs> so, they're designed to be flat on the ground where gravity uh-huh. helps them stick. Not on the walls, but now I have some clear tape sticking up here, some command strips, (laughs) all in service of a little bit better sound with less echo. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I like your MacGyver solutions. (laughs) I need duct tape, not just mailing tape. Always. Welcome to Semi Together, a podcast about having some of your life together all of the time. It's about working on where you want to get it together while giving yourself credit for where you've got it together. As we learn to live with more calm, joy, and authenticity, we share takeaways from our research and experience that you can use too. I'm Malia Dicker, and I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. And I'm her sister Jillian Burgess, and I live in Barcelona, Spain. Today we are revisiting a topic we discussed back in episode 50, the fuck it list. We recorded it in February 2021, a year into the pandemic, when we were reevaluating our priorities and deciding how we want to spend our precious time and energy going forward. Yeah, that episode was one of the listener favorites. I think it really just captured the vibe, you know. Yes, <laughs> you know, we moment. thought maybe it was the swearing itself, but I really think it was just the vibe of just like, fuck that. The expectations and everything, just cast it off and just do what you can do. Right. Do your best. Right. We're all doing our best. And some things just don't deserve your time and attention, you know. Yes. And clearly, yeah, I'm reevaluating those priorities. So the fuck it list is intended to be a living document that we get to add to and adapt over time as our perspective and our circumstances change. And with everything going on in the world right now and in our lives now seem to be an excellent time to revisit it and add to our lists. But first, we wanted to check in with each other and follow up on our previous episode. So Jill, how are you doing this week and since our last episode? I'm doing pretty well this week. You know, I mentioned before that my cough is much better and I'm able to do normal activities, which is huge. Emotionally, you know, I've been feeling kind of anxious and restless and sad, you know, in in spurts. Like yesterday morning, I was feeling all of those things quite a lot. And but I was able to, you know, self-soothe and kind of reset. I went for a walk and meditated and I was helping Brian out at the distillery with a project. And I had a video call with you, Malia, and another good mm-hmm. friend. And all of that just, you know, helped me feel a little more calm by the afternoon or evening. Yeah, it seems like you're able to make space for all of the emotions that come up, just what's there and observe that. I mean, that's the best of mindfulness. It's just yeah. not judging it or fighting it or just kind of just opening up space for it and observing. I'm definitely trying. <laughs> yes. I know. It's, it doesn't feel great. I mean, it, I don't. it still sucks when those uncomfortable emotions are there. Yeah, I don't love them all, but I'm trying to welcome them all and give them space. And yes. So. Yeah. Well, and you, I don't, I didn't look at your updated list. You may say this later, but as far as like, you know, hanging out with people, you're saying that you feel comfortable crying in front of and just establishing that boundary. I think that's totally, I think that's great. And it's smart and it just preserves your own peace. Right. Um, and it was funny when you were telling me about the tech who was doing your scan. <laughs> Tell the story or not. Yeah. Yeah. So during my, my bone scan, I hadn't been meditating for the last couple of weeks and I'm just getting back into the habit of it. But, you know, lying for 15 minutes perfectly still in this machine is basically a meditation. And so you might as well. You might as well. I'm, like, forced, yeah. I'm there. So I'm working on my breathing and all this stuff. And of course, these emotions are coming up as I have this quiet time to just be with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so like... They give you this little like band um, around your feet and around your arms to keep them still, like a little restraint. Um, oh, Lord. And so I'm starting to like tear up um, in the machine and like just, you know, tears are starting to stream down my face and I can't wipe them away because my arms are like restrained. It's <laughs> so poignant. <laughs> I know. It feels very symbolic. And so like as I come out of the machine, I'm like trying to like furiously like blink them away. I'm feeling like a little embarrassed. And this like young tech is like, oh, te encuentras bien. 
again? I'm like, I mean, no, That's Sarah. like, you're doing, are you doing okay? You're doing that- okay. I'm like, I mean, I'm not like freaking out. I'm not going to ruin your scan, but I'm not feeling great right now. I just think it's funny. He's in the circle of trust now because you cried in front of him. So <laughs> we're buddies now, you know, yeah, you better get used to it. Yeah. Honestly, I'm like, Psh. I'm sure you've seen worse. Like, I will cry in every scan or hospital waiting room. It's fine. I'm not going to fuss. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a couple of big milestones this week. So I had my first two-month CT and bone scan since starting treatment for lung cancer, which we talk about in more detail in episode 65, How to Show Up for People in Tough Times, and 66, Poetry That Helps Us Feel It All. So that was on Tuesday, and I was, you know, this week has been just kind of a roller coaster of worrying about the results and trying not to worry about the results and trying to like stay calm and in the present like, don't don't think of an elephant exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah totally like it works really well mm-hmm. um because i had to wait between tuesday um and friday so today we're recording this on friday i had my appointment with my oncologist so there was just a few ga- few day gap where i had to like just you know distract mm-hmm. myself and <laughs> try yeah. to try to remain calm i just love um, waiting i love waiting for things. I'm very patient. It's what I'm known for. (laughs) But I had my appointment today with my oncologist, Brian, and I met with him, and it was really good news. So that's Mm -hmm. awesome. So we reviewed my scans, and the tumors have stopped growing, which is the one first thing, very important. Mm -hmm. And then the biggest mass has shrunk by almost half. um, Wild. Oh my gosh, amazing. Um, and that's two months you've been doing treatment? Two months, yeah. Wow. So incredible that I'm just super grateful for just modern medicine. I mean, wow. It's magical. It is. To be able to take a pill, you know, having some minor side effects and some annoyances, mm-hmm. but really taking daily pills and not having to go to the hospital all mm-hmm. the time for treatment and feeling pretty normal, physically pretty good, to have that kind of improvement within this time period is just wow yeah and having it not kill your healthy cells yeah yeah that's targeted therapy it's really incredible and they're doing a ton of research on different drugs and improvements and you know next generation drugs beyond this one all the Mm. time which is you know part of why i'm in this clinical study they're testing new combinations so Mm. you know i've been feeling physically pretty good my cough is you know pretty much gone which is also amazing we've been hoping for you know at least the at least stoppage of growth, you know, because mm-hmm. I've been feeling better and had been really hoping for some shrinkage of the tumors, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it exceeded my hopes. And so the large, the largest mass had you know, shrunk by a lot and the other ones in both lungs had also shrunk. And then the metastases in my lymph nodes have disappeared, which is yeah, really big. That was such a relief because that yes. could be, you know, transport to other parts of your body, right? From mm-hmm. the lymph nodes. So right. thank God. Yeah. So that was wonderful. And the, the bone metastases, they, they, my oncologist said that's harder to kind of quantify, but they said that they have not grown. They've, they mm-hmm. consider them stabilized. You know, they're kind of the same yeah. at this point, but all super good news. You know, I just mm-hmm. feel very relieved just Me too. Just to, to know it's going in that direction. I mean, and yes. all the hopes that you had to see the progress are there. Yes, exactly. I mean, just knowing we're heading the right direction, you know, this this is what we were hoping for. You know, the, the three scenarios were, you know, the tumors have grown, mm-hmm. the tumors have stopped growing but have not shrunk, or the mm-hmm. tumors have stopped growing and shrunk. And yeah. obviously scenario three was the best <laughs> hope, and that's where we are. Yeah. So, so so awesome. And what a great way to kick off the weekend, huh? I know. know. This was a few hours ago and I'm still like kind of processing it. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm finally able to to really celebrate that this is a a big deal and a a really positive milestone. You know, it's it's, of course a longer journey. And, you know, this is a a long haul, which is still a hard thing for me to kind of wrap my brain around that, you know, we're talking years, months, years, you know, in terms Mm -hmm. of like keeping up with this medication and continuing to shrink the tumors and to stabilize Mm -hmm. but this is a huge 
wonderful first step. So yeah, and hopefully it'll be less and less in terms of the intensive treatments or how often you go just as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just very grateful for where we are right now. And just, Mm -hmm. you know, Brian and I were talking about it as we were waiting in the pharmacy in the hospital to get my meds that just being in waiting rooms and cancer wards is it's a very humbling thing, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's hard, yeah. it's hard. And even though what we're going through right now, what, what I'm experiencing is very difficult. I also am very grateful for the good things, you know, like that mm-hmm. I physically feel good, that I'm able to maintain my normal activities for the most part, that I have mobility, I have all these things. And I know that not everyone is so lucky. And it's, it's a, a very sobering reminder to, to spend time yeah. in hospitals. So I'm totally, yeah, just gratitude and yeah, no comparative suffering. No, but just, no. Yeah, gratitude for all the things within the suckiness of the situation and the cosmic unfairness of it all. You yes. have so many blessings. Yes. I mean, just gratitude, 100% gratitude, even on the way to the hospital before we had this meeting, just talking about how amazing our, our people have been for, you know, I got a lot of messages from folks just checking in and saying, we're sending you good thoughts and prayers before your appointment. And, yeah. you know, and both Brian and I were like, we, you know, we want to do those things for our people in, in, you know, in times where we have more bandwidth and mm. aren't always as good at that as we'd like to. And I'm just so floored by how awesome people are about that, you know, just thinking mm. of people and letting, letting us know that they're thinking of us. And it's, I'm just very, very grateful. So it's a good day. <laughs> I'm yeah. happy to share a good update. So lovely. Well, and a lot of people are paying it forward to you guys because you've done so many great things for all of us. So it's your turn. Thank you. I appreciate the reminder because I feel, you know, when I receive these things, I, I feel super grateful. And then there's a part of me that's also like, I'm, you know, it, it's unbalanced right now, of course. But then also, <laughs> like, <laughs> have I shown up for people as well in the past? I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, we do in different ways, of course. But you know what? You can just not worry about that and just I pay know. it for <laughs> once you're, you know, stable and just receive. Yes. Just receive. That's all you got to do. Yes. And enjoy that part of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah. that's that's how I'm doing right now. And I'm feeling very happy and grateful. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad, babe. It makes Thank me such really brightens my day so much all the uncertainty it's just nice to have some fixed stars in the universe yes yes and just those little little things to celebrate and I've been saying you know celebrate everything like all of the little things and big things and so this for sure celebrate (sighs) yes so how are you doing babe love um, I'm doing well. I just caught up with a friend for coffee and it was a beautiful day. It's just nice to be able to see people again mm-hmm. and just start easing back into the world. Like my one-on-one coffees that I would have periodically with different people just, you know, of course, stopped during the pandemic. We're just trying to get back into the world slowly and figure out what that means. Coaching is going awesome. I love my clients. I'm trying to figure out the business side of things, which is the harder part for the mm, yes. executive fun- dysfunction. <laughs> but yeah, overall, it's good. I think we're optimistic. Optimizing more or like we're going to be redoing part of our kitchen just like <laughs> by necessity because one of the cabinets was pulling away from the wall and we're like, hmm, before it crashes down on us, so maybe we'll just take it down ourselves. So we're going to do a little DIY or oh, some floating fun. shelves. So yeah, little by little. And we got the backyard set up with some hammocks and a really nice yeah, little outdoor those area. Look amazing. Yeah. And Darren's been great about leading the way on those things that just get us outside more and build in more family quality time and gets us you know, off of screens, especially the children. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to that this weekend. Probably a pretty chill weekend, hopefully. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. We're, you know, just navigating the ups and downs with our emotional drama in the house with all of us ADHDers and looking forward to some trips in the summer, including meeting up with you for a weekend. So excited. Yeah. And we're going to try to see you in September. We haven't bought our tickets yet, but we're going to try to come. Yeah. And like the events are starting to happen again and seeing our friends. That's been nice. It's been a little bit challenging just to schedule things again and go places again and mm-hmm. all of that, but also welcome when it's people we do want to see. Yeah, that feels really nice to be able to have a little bit of normalcy and some social plans again. Yeah, if it's like one social thing per weekend day or just one per weekend, <laughs> that's, like that's the right enough, amount for right? me right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> same, same, same. <laughs> We also wanted to share a little bit of listener feedback from our last episode, Poetry That Helps Us Feel It All. 
Dustin wrote in to say, thank you for y'all's last episode on poetry. I am now inspired to go back and look at the many poetry books we've accumulated over the years that have sadly sat there closed on the shelf. And he, I know, I feel that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes. That, was really, that made me really happy. Me too. And he shared another poem from Mary Oliver, who we mentioned that we both love, that he loves called The Summer Day. And I remember its final line, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Which, oh, I couldn't remember what poem it was from. Me so neither. Thanks, me Justin. too. I absolutely love that line, but I'd forgotten the rest of the poem, and it's short and beautiful and poignant, and we'll link to it in the show notes. So mm. thank you so much, Dustin. Yeah, that's great. And people have also been asking after you, just like whenever I see people who have heard the podcast or just know about your diagnosis, they're always asking how you're doing and saying they're thinking about you and sending love. So Aww, yeah, really so many people that. from all over. So That's, thank you all for that. Yes, thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, now let's get into our main topic, expanding the fuck it list. We will link to episode 50 in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to our original fuck it list. But here is a quick recap of the idea. So you can think of the fuck it list as the anti-bucket list. So instead of things to do before you die, it's things to stop doing so you can fully live. It's a list of things that do not bring you closer to the life you want and therefore bring you farther away from it. And it can also be an alternative to short-term goal lists or resolutions. It's a list of things that we might have done out of obligation or optics or in service of goals that we used to have but are consciously letting go of because we get to decide. That's right. We do. Yes. I remind myself of this all the time. And I, I stand my little foot and say, I get to decide. I'm, I'm the in boss charge of me. here. <laughs> So your fuck it list is yours. So you make the rules. It can include big and life-changing things or the small and the mundane. Your list will likely change over time and during different seasons of life and depending on internal and external factors. And one of the reasons we decided to do this episode is because it just feels extra relevant at the moment. Mm -hmm. I've personally been thinking about it a lot, what's on my fuck it list since my diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now mine just feels like it's expanding all the time. (laughs) Yeah. The essentials are growing smaller and the fuck it list is growing larger. It is. And Malia, you and I often quote a cross-stitch pattern that we love from the artist behind Badass Cross Stitch. (laughs) And it's the best. In the show notes, we'll link to her Instagram and the free patterns she has on her website but this one shows a woman in a crown riding a horse and it says behold the field in which i grow my fucks lay thine eyes upon it and thou shall see it is barren and (laughs) (laughs) the funniest shit ever (laughs) it makes me laugh so hard and i love it so much and i often just say behold as like shorthand to brian for when i'm fresh out of fucks (laughs) that is good i'm gonna start using that Just releases you. Oh my yes. God. Thou shall see that it is barren. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. And I remember, I think it was Monica in our last episode and her family to say, chuck it in the fuck it bucket. I love that. I think that. that's a great expression too. Yes, saving that one as well. Oh goodness, yes. We all could use some more of that, just freeing us of the obligations and expectations and all of the shoulds, yes. both consciously thought and silent, comparisons to others. Seriously, just don't have time for it. And just as I get older, too, that is one of the blessings of getting older. Mm-hmm. It's just you seriously have your fucks to give. Yeah. You're just yeah. tired. It's liberating. You know, yeah. like, it's exhausting, but it's liberating. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Like, in the mornings, now that it's light, out when the kids' bus comes, I used to just go out under the cover of night in my just, like, PJs <laughs> and my big hoodie, you know, the, the, the big one that you have, too. Yes. It's, like, plush. But now that it's light, I'm like, oh, I got to put on real pants. And I got, you know, today I was in pajama pants and my slippers and my hair was all down. I just, like, I just don't care i'll just you know hopefully some of the kids on the bus are entertained by (laughs) the wild mama that (laughs) emerges from the garage i mean you can't be the only one (laughs) (laughs) sure well now we're going to share our original fuck it list with some changes and additions if we have them and then share our new ones awesome my original list was committing my time to things that i don't want to do because i get to decide Mm mm-hmm Leaving the dregs of myself for my family and my creative work. Being fluent in current events. Showing up as a pulled together person, in quotes. And aspiring to perfection. So yes, these things are all still on the bucket list. Still on the list. (laughs) (laughs) Those are good. Yep. And the fluent in current events, my goodness. I have like, I mean, I still would like to have like headlines or headlines plus knowledge. Mm -hmm. But I have been a lot 
I don't know, more at peace not reading any news. And so I still rely on Darren to tell me things. I want to start opening up more space to incorporate more things, but also do still stand by. Just I, I cannot handle it. It dysregulates me, especially ADHDers are known mm-hmm. for that. It's like when something is upsetting, it just like can seriously derail the whole day. And I just can't have that. Um, so I know that's a thing of privilege. And also it's just survival. Self-protection. For me. Yeah. yeah, self-protection. So in perfection, an example of this one, and of course, I'm always working on this where I think many of us will mm-hmm. continuously work on remembering perfection as a delusion and then aspiring to either excellence or good enough and yes. the basic. Yeah. But when I was editing the previous episode on poetry, Something happened in the editing. This usually doesn't happen. We edit with a software now that where you clip out something, it clips it out from both audio tracks. Mm-hmm. But then I did something to it where it moved. I think yours was a little bit um, ahead. And so it would like cut me off when I was reading a poem. You'd be like, oh, that's beautiful. So it sounded like you were like cutting off my <laughs> I <laughs> did beautiful notice that. Art. I was yeah. like, I'm not rude, you guys. It's just a, it's a glitch. I know. <laughs> so like I went back and man, it basically, I should have just started. I should have. I, it would have been more prudent to start over. Um, um, but it just I agonized well. over it. But then there were still a couple little glitches that are still in there. I'm like, I just can't. It's like, no. fuck it. It's, it was yeah, good This is for you guys. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it could just sound like, oh, there was a little glitch in the audio or whatever. But now, I mean, who cares? No. I'm, it was not – I feel like it was not distracting enough. Like, we knew because we had been the ones to record it. But. Yeah. I did move the audio so you did. You no longer cut me off. That was essential. And Thank I did. You. Um, <laughs> that mattered. <laughs> but the other little things. So anyway, so I do have for the record, actually, from episode 50, and this is a great opportunity to correct it because Mm -hmm. I had been thinking about this in the back of my mind for a long time. And we were talking about how I reject the bikini industrial complex and body shaming. And so I was just talking kind of off the cuff and I said women of size and realized after that fat is a word that fat activists are reclaiming. And people are just like, it is not a loaded word. It's not an insult. It's a descriptor, like it's neutral. So Aubrey Gordon, she's the co-host of the Maintenance Phase podcast, which Jill introduced me to and is hilarious. It is amazing. <laughs> she wrote a piece for Self magazine called Fat Isn't a Bad Word. It's just the way I describe my body. So, you know, people may have different opinions on this, of course, and it's always personal preference how people mm-hmm. would want to be described um, or describe themselves. But in general, you know, I tell my kids too, fat is not an insult. Skinny is not a compliment, you know? Mm-hmm. And I only, I heard that on The Bachelor when someone is like, oh, you look so skinny. And I was like, whoa. And then the podcasters I listened to were unpacking that. Mm-hmm. They're like, skinny is not a compliment. And I was like, how is it that it was the first time I thought of that? And right. that's bananas. We're just raised to think that that is a compliment though. I mean, we exactly. were in our era. Oh yeah. Like total fat phobia and making fun of fat kids. And it was just all normal back in the 80s. And mm-hmm. yeah, as much as we think of that, is the time of innocence and bike riding around the neighborhood. There was also a lot of bullying and toxic crap that went on. So yes. at any rate, I have evolved. Yeah, I feel like that's a new um, revelation for me too, especially listening to and reading Aubrey Gordon's work because I never want to use a word that would be an insult to someone. And so it's, it's great to hear from a fat activist that this is like, it's just a descriptor. This is just how I describe myself and, and taking the, the teeth out of something that's been used as an insult for so long. Oh, seriously. Okay. So conclude for the record (laughs) from many moons ago. I'm so glad to watch that from my conscience. (laughs) Okay. So here's my new, um, I'm sure there are more that I missed and, you know, it's an evolving list. Exactly. Yes. Fuck what's non-essential, just Mm. in general, which truly does not matter to me what's not contributing to my well-being or is actively taking away from it. That's kind of the overall frame. Yes. And fuck regrets. So I love that one. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So unpacking this a little bit. On Wikipedia, it says, regret is the emotion of wishing one had made a different decision in the past because the consequences of the decision were unfavorable. Regret is related to perceived opportunity. Perceived opportunity Mm -hmm. because we never know what would have transpired. It's just really all magical thinking. And people are always doing the best they can. This is what I believe. People are always doing the best they can with what they have at the time. So conditioning, awareness, resources, experience. And so to paraphrase Maya Angelou, if I had known better, I would have done better. Mm-hmm. But I but I didn't. <laughs> so I can only move forward. And the only time I think it helps to analyze past missteps or things that I wish, you know, I wish I had done differently is to yeah, first understand what happened and then to apply those lessons going forward. And I think asking, you know, what did I learn from this? What does it or what did it make possible? 
I think that's really helpful. And then the Zen, it reminded me also of the Zen parable as far as the perceived opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like we never know if it was benefiting us or harming us. That is in episode 14 on regrets and should haves. Then we just label it like it's you know, this dualistic good right. or bad. Maybe so, maybe not. But honestly, so many things like getting fired from a job or whatever. Sometimes it opens up pathways. You meet your partner or you get your dream job or whatever. You just don't know. At the time, it feels terrible. But then you're like, OK, well, what does this make possible? What do I do from here? Mm-hmm. Right. It's really easy to think like, oh, well, if I had done this, it would have worked out perfectly. It would have done oh, yeah. X, Y, and Z because you don't know. That's not the reality. So that perceived opportunity can be really toxic because it's very easy to look at that with rose-colored glasses when it didn't actually happen. Oh my gosh, seriously. And just a side note, there's this book called Designing Your Life, How to Build a Well-Lived Joyful Life. We may need to do a whole episode yes, on I this. Yes, I want that. That's <laughs> By Bill amazing. Burnett and Dave Evans. Yeah, it applies design thinking to designing your life. And they have this whole chapter on failure and how building failure immunity is a really important mm-hmm. thing where it's like, it, you know, it doesn't feel good to fail, but it's like it doesn't knock you off your path or make you like your self-concept. And if you really want it, you're not going to give up. You may go roundabout or wait a few years or whatever. But they have this failure chart where you just categorize them into screw-ups and weaknesses and it's very matter of fact it's mm-hmm. all data and I'm really going to try to adopt that <laughs> that's on my that. like aspirational fuck it list like yeah. caring about failure <laughs> yes <laughs> anyway okay next one is fuck feeling like I need to learn to operate like a neurotypical person in order to thrive mm. so yeah, I've grown to, you know, incorporate a lot of compassion for my ADHD and how challenging it can be to live in a mostly neurotypical world. ADHDers are about 5% of the population. And so the world is designed for neurotypicals. And so we feel like you know, even the term disorder, mm-hmm. I don't think it would be called a disorder if the world was set up differently or if you lived in a different society or environment. And so your impairments are just relative to just how the environment is set up. And one podcaster I listen to now, Simone Grace Soul, she calls it the neurotypical supremacy. <laughs> and that's not to like cast the blame on people are setting it up, but it's like it is the supreme way of doing things. So she just rejects the frame. She has a successful business. She has this podcast called Joyful Marketing, a book called Don't Do Your Best, a guide to the project of being alive, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. To have a successful business, you don't need to do X, Y, and Z that you read about in these best practice books. The conventional wisdom, linear operations like looking at Q1, Q2 income and all like she doesn't do all that stuff. She does her own thing and she still makes millions of dollars. <laughs> Kristen Carter, my coach, she has the podcast I Have ADHD and she talks about consistency and being key in like the business speak and recommendations. But ADHDers are consistently inconsistent, so that can make us feel like failures, like we're never going to succeed. But persistence is what we can focus on. Not consistent, but persistent. Mm -hmm. And we keep at it. Sometimes we'll fall off for a while, and then we'll, you know, come back and just try differently. So, yeah, work and focus can come in ebbs and flows. Like, with hyper-focus, you can, like, really dig in and get lots done faster than neurotypicals can sometimes, and then also have bad brain days or depression, anxiety, whatever. So it just operates differently, and I'm just done with feeling bad about, you know, operating the way I operate. Naturally. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. It's so it's hard when the world is definitely set up in a certain way that's very structured and very rigid, and if you don't fit into that, then you can feel like a failure, which is bullshit, you know? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there are so many ways to be successful and to make great things. So it's re- I'm glad that you have these examples of other women who are doing it in their own way. Yeah, and, and totally unapologetically. Like, yeah, I have a messy desk and I'm still a great coach. You can still be really successful. You just manage around your weaknesses and don't dwell on them. You just focus on the strengths and really kill it at those things. Even things like being delayed in posting the fundraiser update for the people who donated to our kids' school. And thank you to those who did. Um, I just haven't for like a week. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to post it. It'll be fine. Right. These are our loved ones. Sometimes I forget things, you know? My working yeah. memory's not great. I mean, I saw the email about the fundraiser. And I just forgot about it until after the deadline. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you get a pass on all the I things. Know, so. but no I was like, I, know. I had it open. What does that mean about you, Auntie? <laughs> I had it open on my computer and then I was like, oh, oh it was yesterday. Hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Well, of course, it totally discounts all the many times you've donated in the past and all the gifts you've given our children. Erased. You know. <laughs> cool. Lost to history. Um, <laughs> couple more things on that point. It's okay to express myself fully, however that happens to look. This is still under the heading of working with my brain Mm -hmm. and not feeling bad about that. Darren and I have been learning more about communication and 
a best practice is if we have basic respect and kindness, you know, we can each show up the way authentically is true for us, say things that we want to say it, and then the other person is free to respond or react in the way that they authentically are. So mm-hmm. it's important you navigate the consequences and all of that, but it's like trying to hold back and articulate it in a way that the person's not going to be offended or not triggered. You never know what the other person is going to do or think or interpret. You might as well just say your piece mm-hmm. honestly and kindly and compassionately as possible. So that's freeing because, you know, often my reactions are big. I mean, we have big mm-hmm. emotions and sometimes I get triggered and working on all that myself. But just knowing that I can fully show up and that's okay was was validating and freeing. Yeah, that's really helpful because it is hard when you're talking about difficult things, especially in a relationship like a marriage. Yeah, my therapist keeps telling me, like, stay in your own experience, mm-hmm. you know, because I can control me and I can focus on what my reactions and thoughts and intentions are. And then the other person is a complete human. They can have their human experience and they can share that in the way they do. And and then I can respond because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's within my control. It's my experience. Right. All right. Finally, I should read a variety of books and give my brain a break with some fiction instead of all my nonfiction. <laughs> so listening to another podcaster, I can't remember which one it was, ADHD and women of some sort, but one of them was saying how she likes fiction, but she has this huge stack of nonfiction because she just loves to learn about new things like in the mm-hmm. world. And I was like, yes, yes, me too. And she was totally matter of fact and unapologetic. And I'm like, okay. Because I think most of the time these days, it doesn't come from a place of lack or trying to fix myself. I mean, like, sometimes it does, but typically I'm just like fascinated by psychology and personal development and what it means to be human and meaningful life and all of that. So I'm just asking myself, what am I drawn to? How do I feel mm-hmm. when I read it? Do I like my reasons? Even if it's in the middle of the night, even if it's like midnight and I'm like, oh my gosh, the concept is so cool. And I'm like, okay, it may ignite my brain a little and not be like the most conducive to sleep, but <laughs> it's okay that I like what I like. Yes. Yes. I I mean, I feel like everyone gets to read what they want to read. You know, it's yeah. like all of those like books you have to read, blah, blah, blah. Oh, like, right. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like a hundred yeah, best books to read before you die. I'm like, <sighs> yeah. No. When I ripped that list off my <laughs> list printed out from like the San Francisco <laughs> Chronicle that. and I ripped it off my bookshelf when I was finally like, I get to decide. <laughs> That's right. And like, honestly, no one's actually read Ulysses. So we can just put that one to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Or Finnegan's Wake for that matter. No, I know. No, and I, I, I feel like that sometimes, too, when I'm like, oh, I'm just reading a bunch of, you know, like mysteries or thrillers or things that are, you know, not intellectual enough. And I'm like, right. oh, who it's cares? Close. I know. Like, <laughs> like, if you're judging that, then, like, just pay attention to your own stuff. You yeah. Know? It says more about you than it does about us. Exactly. Read what you're interested in. Read what makes you happy. That's Yeah. No just, like, drink business. the wine you like to drink. Like, what tastes yeah. good to you? It's like, <laughs> who cares if it's, like, the cheaper one and not the fanciest? Yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> Save money if you like it. Lucky you. <laughs> I know. Yes. Well, that's all for now, but um, I'm sure this will keep evolving. But oh, I want to hear your original bucket list and your new one. Yes. So my original bucket list was investing in relationships that drain my energy or don't bring out the best in me, mm-hmm. saying yes when I want to say no, only treating my paid work like it's worthy of my time, diets, the idea of perfection, made up deadlines, so like things I, in quotation marks, should achieve by a certain age, and toxic hustle culture. So, Mm. yep, I stand by all of those. And you had said in our episode 50 that, you know, with a caveat on diets, like, obviously, if you are, you know, changing your eating habits for medical reasons or things like that, like, we get it. Um, Yeah, like you are. Yeah, exactly, which I'm doing right now. But I also still don't really want to hear about the details of everyone's deprivation diets and oh, you gosh, know I never cheat days or anything I just no. don't yeah you can keep it to your, you can do it just keep it to yourself right right but <laughs> anywho um so my new ones and these are all definitely works in progress or aspirational to some degree mm-hmm. um my first one is pretending everything is okay so this is similar to your original showing up as a pulled together person item. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just exhausting at any time when we're trying to like curate our lives to be social media worthy or edit our feelings to be like pleasant and palatable. But mm-hmm. after, you know, two plus years of the pandemic and now with my diagnosis, I just cannot, will not keep up the facade that everything is fine. You know, like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's that would be weird. It, it would be, be really weird. weird if it would. And like, you know, I can't pretend that I am positive and strong and okay all the time. And it's just a ridiculous and unreasonable expectation. And mm-hmm. it takes just energy I don't have. And 
I, of course, I do strive to be optimistic and I'm fighting hard and I'm doing everything I can to, you know, ride the emotional waves and not get dragged under. But I have bad days and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pretend that this is like an Instagram inspirational quote, you know, like. (laughs) Well, like the mythology of like, she never complained. Oh my God. And she was always positive. I'm like, yeah, you probably just, either she didn't reveal it to anybody or, you know, like, she just like. That's not. That's not healthy. It's not healthy. Like, she balled it all up inside and kept it there. Right. Like I know. I know. It's not a good <laughs> thing to the very end. <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, this is messy. It's a human. <laughs> yes. We are messy people. I am messy. Um, so, like, you mentioned earlier, like, right now, a requirement for spending time with me is basically being okay with all of that. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not cool with me breaking down in tears, like, over a lunch date or on a FaceTime call, then this is not going to work. <laughs> yeah. And, like, having room for it all. Like, it can go from laughter to tears and all the feels within, you know, an hour Zoom. Totally. That's, that's real. Totally. And, you know, I'm emotional and I'm raw and everything is close to the surface, the good and the mm-hmm. bad. And, you know, it makes me pretty vulnerable. But, I'm very lucky that I have a lot of great people who are willing to be there with me through all of this. And I'm just very grateful for that because it really is such a gift to have that. Yeah. And you don't need to say anything. You just need to be, be there and just like, let it be. Yeah. Just be there. Listen, you know, let it, let it come and go because all those feels are there. So my second fuck it list item is explaining or justifying my boundaries. Mm -hmm. So this one I'm still very much working on, but I have been thinking about a story that you shared recently, Malia, about Mm -hmm. Avery, (laughs) Um, your daughter, Avery, who is a delight. And (laughs) she's five. (laughs) She's five. And she was going to a friend's birthday party and you had ordered a frozen toy that she has and likes thinking it would be a great birthday gift for her little friend. Mm -hmm. But when you told Avery, she said that she didn't want her friend to have the same toy as her and when you asked her why it mattered she responded i'm just not comfortable with it which i think is <laughs> i just know it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> i was laughing because it was so just articulate and like just very Grown decisive up. and i know and here i was thinking i was smart for you know she doesn't hang out with a friend except at school so she's not gonna see it so it's <laughs> in my mind my mama was doing a good thing but <laughs> right <laughs> she set a boundary she set a boundary you know and she, she didn't a... justify it <laughs> right she was just a one full sentence like i'm just not comfortable with it and to your, <laughs> nothing to your, further needed <laughs> right and to your credit you know you respectfully honored her wishes and canceled the order and picked out another toy and everything was fine oh gosh, yep. <laughs> it's just so adorable and I just really love it so much and aspire to be more like Avery because you know yeah. sometimes I'm just not comfortable with it or no is all yep. you need to say yep you know <laughs> that's all, yeah. that's all. So trying to channel that Avery energy into my interactions. I know. I try to channel Avery energy into lots of things, like the exuberance for life and the (laughs) confidence in herself and her style. Yes. I love it so much. And I want her to hold on to that so much. Um, (laughs) Yes. But in terms of boundaries, you know, like the last three months, I've been having to set many you know we Mm. we've been very extra cautious about covid because you know cases were high around the time of my diagnosis and Mm -hmm. you know a lot of vaccinated friends were getting sick and i was just I was like, you know what, I don't want to add any kind of stress or risk of, mm-hmm. you know, getting a respiratory infection on top of having lung cancer. You know, totally. it's just not what we need. Um, and so Brian and I decided, you know, just household rules. And we've, you know, been revisiting all these things throughout the pandemic with all the mm-hmm. changing circumstances and guidelines and all that stuff. So back in January, when I was diagnosed, we we're like, okay, we're just going to do outdoor hangouts um, unless we're able to meet certain precautions. Like we went with friends to Valencia for a weekend or we had people visit and, you know, we would ask folks to be extra cautious leading up to the trip and we would do rapid tests before hanging out mm. with people inside, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And people were super understanding and respectful within our circle um, mm. about, you know, the boundaries that we were setting. But I still, I still didn't love feeling like I'm being an inconvenience or being, you know, overly cautious whatever that means but Mm. honestly fuck that right yeah i mean this is serious like you know a literal life or death possible situation right Right. exactly it's like and ultimately i don't need other people's agreement or approval for those boundaries that's just yeah that's right it's just like you know if they say no then just say okay well we'll just pick it up you know down the line right it's just that's the way it's gonna be right and honestly like 
among the people who I love and want to spend time with, like, I just can't imagine them being like, you're being a little bit ridiculous right now. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> what, do you have, like, cancer or something? You know, it's... No, right? <laughs> right. Like, that's not the reaction um, I expect from the people who love me. Um, yeah. It's not So many I've times gotten. we worry about people's reactions when we actually, like, pinpoint it down to that level. We're like, okay, that is probably not going to happen. <laughs> right. Probably. Right. And if it does happen, like, well, maybe we don't need to be spending time together that's right, right now. <laughs> that's fine. Um, so I'm actively practicing being clear about what my boundaries are or what is going on and setting those things out clearly, but not explaining or not justifying or, you know, the things that I, I tend to want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, just, yeah, I'm just like not it's open for it. discussion, basically. Yeah. Right, right. And like, needing that kind of approval, you know, like that people mm-hmm. like, get it that they also would do the same thing like mm, it, that doesn't the validation matter. yeah yeah so it's it's my health it's my body it's my decision and totally. and that's it so now after this meeting with the oncologist we set this milestone of this first scan as like a mm-hmm. okay let's reevaluate how things are locally but then also how my health is and we asked my doctor about it in terms of covid precautions mm-hmm. and He had a lot of reassurances for us, you know, in terms of my health, my state of cancer, being, you know, vaccinated and boosted, Mm -hmm. already having COVID, all these different things, and probably having cancer when we had COVID in December 2020 Mm -hmm. and having a mild case and being okay. So he was like, you can relax, basically, like have peace of mind that you as like a young, otherwise healthy person who's vaccinated, all these things, like your risk is super low of getting a severe case. So so good. So it's like yeah. less worry and stress on your body and you can have your community yeah. and do the things that you love to do. Yeah, because, you know, we, we have been seeing people here and there, but all outdoor hangouts and just like it feels like a lot of work to coordinate these things. So even mm-hmm. just being able to like hang out in our house with our vaccinated friends is like a mm-hmm. huge relief. Yeah, and just they can just come to you. Yeah, yeah, totally. And just not having to worry about that layer and being able to kind of gradually open up and see what we're comfortable with is like a really wonderful thing. So, but you know, the last three months have been pretty restrictive. And so mm-hmm. practicing a lot of boundary setting. Yeah, that book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace is so, so good. Oh. I think Nedra Tawab is her name. She's a therapist and who struggles with boundaries herself. It's wonderful. And oh, it has, awesome. you know, I thought I had pretty good boundaries, but uh, no, there's a lot of places <laughs> I can work on, especially internal boundaries with myself as Ooh, far as yeah. time and bed, you know, like bedtime and self-care and all those things. So highly recommend. That's a good one. I'll link Thank to that you. one. Yes. Um, okay. My next item on the fuck it list is not valuing my mental health as much as my physical health. Mm-hmm. So this one I have noticed quite a bit lately, you know, because I've been feeling pretty good physically, which is wonderful. Um, I, I feel like I expect more of myself on days that I'm having a hard time emotionally or mentally, mm-hmm. you know, like I just, I still feel guilty for a long list of things that I don't want to be feeling guilty about and like <laughs> others like you and Brian and you know <laughs> dear people tell me I do not to feel have to feel guilty about yeah, that's um right. that's you know too much. I don't know how to remove that burden from <laughs> the yoke of your back good gracious and I'm like some people do not struggle with this like ever at all <laughs> yeah like no guilt at all yes. <laughs> and I am very envious because I'm actively working on that um mm-hmm. and so I you know for as we've talked about before for not responding to messages for not doing doing a lot of paid work right now for X, Y, and Z, like all of the things I feel like I'm letting slip through the cracks or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, you know, things are kind of nuts right now. And even when I do feel like physically capable of doing things, sometimes I just don't feel up for it, you know, just emotionally. And I find myself being kind of rude to myself you know like you're fine just suck it up you know which <laughs> like you would say to a friend who had cancer oh definitely. totally like I would never say that to a friend who was just having a hard day I like mean, walk it off god you're so whiny um <laughs> you know like and I was trying to reframe this like I would never say that to someone who was dealing with depression or anxiety or just having a tough time so working on reminding myself that mental health and physical health are not separate entities you know Mm -hmm. like they're intertwined and I know this and it is still a struggle sometimes so I'm working on giving myself compassion because you know this is really hard Mm -hmm. um and it is very normal to have 
bad mental health days and mm-hmm. mental health weeks and under just, normal circumstances yes and we're still in a pandemic and then yeah all your stuff on top of that of course right right like I don't have to be bedridden or feeling physically terrible to give myself a break well that's and honestly if you redefine what success and thriving and doing well looks like being able to take a break and rest without guilt, being able to mm. not respond to messages and trust that your loved ones know. We've said that very clearly <laughs> yes. many times yes. that, you know, and, and that's success if you can do those things and not feel guilty. So oh, I think that's... just recalibrating instead of responding to the messages as being the success or like <laughs> continuing to work, <laughs> just flip everything on its head. <laughs> I like that. That's, that is a revolutionary idea, Malia. <laughs> How does one do that? And guess what? You get to decide. I know. You're the boss of you. It's very true. My next fuck it list item is blindly following advice or rules, Mm. which, you (laughs) know. That's a good one. Yeah, for rule followers, that's a toughie. (laughs) Yes. Like, we are both, I think, naturally rule followers. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel uncomfortable uh, breaking rules or, you know, (laughs) questioning authority. Um, Being with Brian is a really helpful thing. I think you with Darren as well. with Darren, (laughs) yeah. Because Brian, you know, is a questioner by nature and only wants to follow things, follow rules that he finds are valid or right. justified, you know, <laughs> which is healthy. He has to know the why and right. passes the test. Okay, I'll do it. Right. Which is very healthy because just blindly following whatever authority <laughs> doesn't work out all the time. Yes, I can think of many examples of this when they yes. ask me, why are you doing this? I'm like, oh, I don't know, because they told me to. <laughs> right, because someone told me to. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm very obviously immersed in cancer stuff, but this can apply to anything whether that's work or parenting or what have you. Um, So there's a lot of information out there that I've been exploring, reading about cancer. And while I love research, um, information overload is a real thing. (laughs) Um, And not all of it is good or valid or applicable to my situation. So even when working with my medical team, it's really important for me to ask questions and, you know, get second opinions and push back when something doesn't feel right for me. So early in treatment, my oncologist had advised me to stop taking a medication because there was a very minor possible risk. And so I thought about it. I talked to the hospital pharmacist about, you know, the risk. I did some research. I weighed the pros and cons of, you know, going off this medication Mm. and continuing with it. And ultimately, I decided that I did not want to stop taking it. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep taking it. And the oncologist was fine with it. He was like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. Thoughtful, researched, evidence-based decision. Exactly. I was like, I'm not making this decision casually. And it was a good practice for me not to just be like, oh, he told me that I should do this. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do it without thinking about why or what the consequences are. And then there was another cancer example. There was a book I was reading that had some good evidence-based information about improving outcomes, but there was also a lot of stuff that I did not like in the book, like just things I feel like were encouraging a lot of like alternative therapies that did not seem to be based on any kind of science Mm. versus, you know, medical treatment. And then the author also asked every person that she featured in the book the question, so why do you think you got cancer? Which (laughs) made me see red. Wow. I didn't even cuss her out. (laughs) No, I guess she didn't feature those people in the book. Um, Threw a chair at her interview over. (laughs) Oh my God, which is so insane. insane. Like so unhelpful, so ridiculous. Like Mm. such a blaming way you know like it's probably because of something you did you know like (laughs) why do you think you got cancer like that sounds like that jack handy like when a kid asks why is god crying (laughs) a cute thing to tell him is probably because of something you did (laughs) oh my Uh, gosh i'm sorry i'm glad you immediately stopped reading that i hope (laughs) i stopped reading it i was just so pissed about it and I was talking to Brian about it and just getting like more and more upset and then the next day I was like well maybe I'll try to listen to the next chapter just like the evidence part and I was like you know what no I'm no I'm done no. I wasted an audible credit on it that's fine yeah. you can not return spending... those by the way um oh, you can like true. exchange them yeah you're right I might yeah. do that mm-hmm. like and then leave a review before I'm like <laughs> yeah, why am I exchanging this book flag is inappropriate um <laughs> yeah, <it's right. laughs> So just listening to myself, um, listening to the inner responses that I have to things and, you know, gauging whether someone's advice or rules are things that I want to follow that are Mm -hmm. valid for me. 
Totally. And it's always a good idea when people want to share something with you to ask if you're wanting that, you know, right now or ever, you know, just (laughs) gently ask you if it's okay to send it your way. Yeah, totally. And everyone's been very respectful about sending me things or, you know, advice or, Mm -hmm. which is wonderful. And I very much appreciate that. Yeah, Um, totally. Because unasked for advice in general, not helpful, especially in, in situations like this. Yes. Okay, my last item on the fuck it list is postponing joy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I feel like I am lucky in that I naturally lean toward, you know, finding fun and joyful experiences as an Enneagram 7. Uh, that is kind of my jam. I <laughs> <laughs> like avoiding pain and seeking pleasure, Yeah, <laughs> which I love, you know, except when you, you run away from pain so much that it eventually does find you. <laughs> um, but... In times of stress, that joyful experience seeking can kind of fall by the wayside still. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like we talked about back in episode 64, building joy and meaning into every day, it's just so important to have those small and large moments of joy in your life. I mean, it's it's the point, you know, these, yeah. these things really matter. So I'm trying to make sure that I always have things to look forward to and embracing those experiences and not just putting things off for even just like putting things off till the weekend, you know, making sure that weekdays still have some joy in them. Um, Or, you know, on a bigger scale, making sure that we're planning things because we can, you know, like to be able to see family, to take trips, to, to think about those things that will be joyful. Um, And not in like a morbid or fatalistic way of like, you know, because we don't know how much time we have and all that stuff, but right. just just because it's it's essential, you know, like that joy yeah. and connection. And it's a catalyst. I mean, one question instead of, so why do you think you got cancer that's more helpful, <laughs> is what does this make possible? It's not asking like, oh, would I have chosen this? No, it's saying this is here, and what does it make possible? Lots of reconnections with family mm-hmm. and friends. Yeah, There's a lot like of good. That. Yes, yes. like. Obviously, I would not have chosen this. I would not wish this on someone. But it is where we are, you know, in terms Mm -hmm. of radical acceptance. Like, Mm -hmm. it is what it is. Like, this is Mm the situation. And so what what can I do with that? And what what am I able to do right now? You know, going back to that, like, gratitude for being able to do these things and feeling well enough to do them. So Yeah, and appreciating it and prioritizing it. Yeah. Yeah. So joy, more joy, (laughs) joy every day. That's... Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, postponing everything for, for later uh, is big on the fuck it list. Totally. Yep. But yeah, COVID, the whole thing has helped me with that, too. You never know. So yeah. just be here now, which is so challenging. It sounds so simple, but... Just... I know. I mean, I'm really, like, struggling on the daily. Even today with, like, our the happy update from the oncologist was still... Mm-hmm like focusing on the future, you know, like asking about like, you know, this is great and all, but what about, what about the next one? What are we looking for for the next scan? And what, what about when, you know, when the, this medication stops working, then what do we do? You know, like Mm -hmm. getting very, very ahead of myself and not like allowing myself to celebrate this really good news in the moment. So I'm, I'm trying very hard to be like, okay, we're here now this is good. Like yeah. Focus on this now. Well, and that's in um, Happier in Hollywood. They talked about raising the bar. Mm. And I think on the Happier podcast, too. Yeah. And how when something good happens, a tendency, whether yourself or someone else, is to be like, oh, well, that I'm sure the next time the skin will be even better. You know, right. It's like <laughs> they had gotten picked up for a show they were writing and people were like, oh, I'm sure that's going to get an Emmy. You know, it's like, OK, let's just celebrate this victory. <laughs> right. Know? And it's often well-intentioned, right? When it right. comes to other Of course, people. like they believe in you but that it like, minimizes oh. the, the actual victory with some yes. imagined future thing that you know may or may not happen so right let's exactly. focus on the celebration of this win right this moment right now yeah yeah so well, i'm so glad what good news for today thank you yeah so those are all my expansions to the fuck it list i'm Ooh. excited to see our list just keep I growing <laughs> i do imagine one of those scrolls and rolling yes. it down to the floor and just having it <laughs> Hear ye, hear ye. Roll and roll. Behold. (laughs) Behold. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Well, for our listener takeaways, here's how to make your own fuck it list. So we're just writing it down. It is so much more concrete and memorable, and then you can add to it and edit it. So you can write with pen and paper. You can do a Google Doc, however works for you. Number one, list all the things you're currently doing that drain your energy, including those that are important but aren't your strengths or interests. 
For example, you're participating in a volunteer role or club or going to every event that your friends invite you to. Number two, try to figure out, does doing this bring me closer to the life I want? It can be hard to know that without digging a little deeper. So if you're not sure, evaluate each item by asking yourself, why am I doing this? Is this the best use of my time and talents? Is this in line with my priorities right now? For example, resting and healing. Am I worried what other people will think if I don't do it? Or that I'll feel guilty or ashamed if I don't? Is there a way to stop doing it or change the way I'm doing it that will honor any commitments? For example, hiring out tasks if you have the budget. And other approaches to generate your fuck it list. You might look back at your previous list of goals and see if there's anything to move to the fuck it list. You can ask yourself, does this item serve my current values and priorities? And you remember opportunity costs that when you focus on one thing, then the other things aren't getting your time and attention. So again, this is not written in stone. The items on your list may change, but for now, fuck all of them. Yep. All of them. Fuck it. All Make that them. list as long as ours. <laughs> Fuck this one and that one and that one too. <laughs> but not you. We all, we love you. <laughs> no, we love you guys. You're cool. <laughs> now it's time for Get It Together, Got It Together, a segment where we share something we'd like to work on and something that's going well for us right now. So Malia, what is your Get It Together, Got It Together? Well, my Get It Together is around emotional regulation, which is one, it's part of the executive dysfunction of ADHD is that we are very easily triggered and uh, very emotional and also sensitive. So we can read things into the things people say and do and take it personally. Like rejection sensitive mm-hmm. dysphoria is real and perceived criticism, failure, judgment makes us like physically feel pain and go into either rage or despair. And pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. so we have that with me and Evan, occasionally Avery. And, and so it can be pretty dramatic around the house. And so I am working on slowing down. And we're teaching the kids and modeling that too. When something happens, just taking a breath and a pause. And if something's unclear, instead of jumping, jumping to conclusions because we see or hear it through our narrative that we have in our head about the thing or about the person, um, that they definitely meant that and da-da-da. It's mm-hmm. like, what did you mean by that? Um, so, you know, when Avery will say something, he Evan heard his, his name. Avery was talking this morning. He was having a hard morning. And Avery was saying something um, and mentioned Evan. And he's like, are you talking about me? What did you say? You called me a name. You know, we're like, mm-hmm. Evan? <laughs> she was just right. saying that your shirt is smaller than my shirt, like with your school's name on it. You know, right. I'm like, slow down. Pause. Get curious. <laughs> like, ask questions. So curiosity is a great first entry point and then compassion. But, yeah, just getting more information before freaking out. And that causes a lot more damage. And we always ask Evan, will this make the situation better or worse? <laughs> and he's mm, worse. Good question. So. Yeah, and this emotional safety or like the, the safety feeling in my body and mind, because sometimes I just I have anxiety and my nervous system is kind of amped and easily triggered. And so just working on breath work, there's the Calm app has some little animations that you can look at. And now I have it in my brain where the little ball goes around a circle, you know, for the in-breath and the out-breath mm. and, and just pausing when I notice overwhelm. And just grounding myself with some breath work, some um, polyvagal tone exercises that Ooh. helps. Yeah, it helps the nervous system calm down, like activates the parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system. So um, so I can just, you know, self-soothe, basically. That's a skill that most of us were not taught. And so if I can teach my kids that and learn it myself, then that's going to be really good for all of us oh and just gosh. reduce the chaos and the drama and the <laughs> unnecessary stress. It's a huge gift for all of you. Oh, Lord. I, I know. know. And like what you were talking about earlier reminded me of the, the question that Brene Brown asks, like, what's, what's the story I'm telling about mm-hmm. this? You know, like you can... I, I do this too, where it's very easy to be like, oh, well, that's obviously what they meant. And yeah. you know, spin out of control really fast. And you're like, whoa, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go back. Yeah, get curious. See what actually the story is. Yeah. And, and my therapist says the story is what ignites things like contempt and resentment and mm-hmm. defensiveness that don't necessarily need to be there. And so if you slow down, <laughs> get more information. And then that just puts that pause there where you can just like take a breath and not jump to that conclusion and get your nervous system like all jacked up because it takes like once you're flooded and in fight or flight or freeze it's pretty much all over from there (laughs) it's not gonna end well (laughs) right it's hard to get back down to baseline oh yes 
always an ongoing, but that's a, a real priority for me above all else right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my got it together is a totally different topic. Patching Evan's school pants. <laughs> He's got <laughs> five pairs of khakis, one for each day of school, and he has worn holes in the knees of four out of the five. <laughs> <laughs> and so these have been sitting around. Like, actually, it was like first it was one and then another, and it just like mm-hmm. kept stacking. I'd ordered these little patches on Amazon, matched the color and everything, and there they sat for oh yeah months until he just had one pair that he was wearing and like I kind of stretched it and let him wear it the next day and I was like okay I cannot let him wear the same pants for three days so anyway I was like there's actually a lot of steps <laughs> in doing this so next time I'll write a checklist but mm. at any rate I watched a YouTube video on it I found the iron and I got the ironing board out and it really only took like 30 seconds per Hey, that's not awesome, hard. <laughs> but I was so triumphant after I I um successfully patched the pants from the inside, so he doesn't have like a you know unsightly patch on the front. Right. But uh, yeah, instead of being like, why didn't I just do it then? Like I wasted so long and blah blah blah. I'm like, I'm so proud of myself for doing this, and yes. I observe that next time probably a checklist would help. So. Without beating myself up, I was just really proud, and that is done. <laughs> That's amazing. That I mean, those little tasks that, you know, once they're done, you're like, oh, that wasn't so hard, but they really yeah. feel hard. And for ADHDers, I mean, gosh, it's, like, not interesting. Like, it's important, it's and boring. neurotypicals are motivated by that. But, yeah, just the motivation to do it and also the steps and sequencing, it's just mm-hmm. very difficult. So I good job. was real proud. Yeah. Yes, those iron-on patches, man, they're magic. Oh, they are. Brian has a bunch of those. And that's one of those things, even just like knowing what to get, getting the thing, figuring yes. out how to use the thing, doing the thing. Like that's <laughs> a lot of steps. Seriously. Yes. And I was just, I was proud I did not have to buy him several more pairs of pants. Um, yes. And what's funny is he prefers wearing long sleeves and long pants, even though it's starting to get like 86 degrees. And really? so I bought him all these shorts, you know, earlier in the year <laughs> when school uniform time was. So I'm like, right, well, got a bunch of shorts. I guess you're going to wear them in the summer, dude, because... <laughs> Because you got him. I know. <laughs> anyway, well, that's awesome. Yay. Congrats. So, Jill, thank you. What is your get it together, got it together? My get it together is I've been having a hard time just getting into a routine again. You know, everything has mm. been all over the place. And, you know, some of that is understandable. But I also just feel dysregulated and just kind of mm. scattered when I don't have at least some sort of weekday routine. Um, so for work, for exercise, for meditation, for just all of the life things, um, it's been all over the place the last few months. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to focus on one thing at a time and figuring mm-hmm. that piece out. Um, and meditation I'm getting back into this week. Like I was doing really well the first probably month after the diagnosis because I, mm. I could see how much it was helping me. But then, you know, we had people in town, we had a bunch of stuff going on, um, and I just kind of got out of the habit. And so Brian and I were talking about it earlier this week and and he had he's better at it, you know, better at kind of keeping that routine, but had also been a bit off. And he was like, you know, I think both of us do well with some some outer accountability. Like how do you feel about you know, just you doing your sitting at the same time that I do. You know, he mm. usually does that first thing when he gets up. And so I was like, yeah, okay, let's try that. So this week we've both been meditating um, mm. just in the same time period and that seems to be working, you know? Yeah, that's like, so great. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, and it's very simple. I mean, you know, like he's doing that anyway. Normally I would be kind of like just, you know, getting ready or, mm. you know, getting breakfast stuff set or doing work stuff or, you know, doing other things, but it's only 10 minutes, right? It's Mm -hmm. just like a very short period of time. And just to do that first thing, just sets up the day in a more peaceful way. Yeah. And you just feel, I mean, I'll speak for myself, feel calmer, grounded. Sometimes I just wake up anxious and I can't for like no identifiable reason. Mm -hmm. And then just being able to breathe that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really good. And so I'm I finished the Headspace um, Coping with Cancer Mm. module. There were Mm -hmm. three parts, um, and that was really good. And I had done this thing that I also do with, like, TV shows or books where I had, like, one module left, which is one day (laughs) left. (laughs) I had it for, like, weeks. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I do that, too. Yeah. It's a weird thing. So I I finished (laughs) that one. I started one of Managing Anxiety, um, and it's been very helpful. So 
that's that is a get it together that I'm working on turning into a got it together. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it's funny about John Acuff has a book called Finish. He's the one who wrote soundtracks, oh, and I'm yeah. pretty sure yeah, has ADHD. But yeah, I got Finish on audiobook about how to you know, finish things. You get excited about it, and then it's hard to finish them. But I had, I think, probably. 40 minutes left on that audiobook out of several hours and I, I did not finish it for several months. Very <laughs> I ironic. I know. I did it. I finished it. Yay. Yes. <laughs> I do that with a lot of things. Yeah. So my got it together is that I have a good weekend planned ahead of mm. us. Um, so today, and I was talking with some girlfriends about this on chat earlier, I was sharing, you know, the good update news. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was really lovely to just kind of get lots of love and excited reactions. And um, a friend asked, you know, how are you guys going to celebrate today? And I was like, oh, well, we're going to, there's a, a friend has a a microbrewery in in our neck of the woods, and Mm -hmm. they're having a a fifth anniversary um, party tonight and so the weather's finally been really nice after you know a lot of rain and so i think we're gonna stop by there for a drink and then tomorrow is a san jordi day which is a big celebration here in catalonia which is it's kind of like the equivalent of valentine's day i think i've mentioned it before Mm -hmm. where it's really a beautiful day you know like you are supposed to give loved ones either red roses or books or both i love Um, that (laughs) i love it it's delightful and so you know the streets are lined with vendors selling both Hospital Saint Pau is a modernist like architecture campus here in Barcelona near the Sagrada Familia. We've still never done the like guided tour of the whole campus. Mm. Um, and a friend told me last year that oh, like on San Jordi Day you can go for free. Um, oh, that's so cool! Yeah, I so never I, did that either, and I lived like a block away from that that's when right. I lived in Barcelona. Yeah, and we we it's live so close cool. too. It's so beautiful, and I've seen you know the outside parts, but. Um, so a few days ago, I think last week I was like, oh, you know, I keep meaning to look at this. They're probably going to be, you know, all booked or whatever, but I looked and there were still spots available. Sweet. Yeah. So it's a free tour that we're going to do this weekend and then see some friends, um, for a barbecue. So like we have like a lot of nice, exciting, relaxing things happening this weekend. And I'm just really, I'm looking forward to those things. And mm, I'm so glad. It's, yeah. It really matters so much to have something to look forward to, like today or yes. tomorrow, and then in the longer term. Yes, it helps a lot. So, yay. Yay. So happy. Well, that is all for this episode of Semi Together. What is on your fuck it list? We would love to hear your items. Yes, please <laughs> share them with us. <laughs> yes, you can tell us at podcast at semitogether.com or send us a voice memo. And if you're an adult with ADHD, I would like to help you figure out what's important to you and what is not. So you can set up a free discovery call at risingspiralcoaching.com. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for listening to Semi Together. And take it from us, you have it more together than you think you do. Yay. I'm so glad like you guys are celebrating at the distillery. Are you going to have an extra special drink or toast? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what we'll... Too. I think maybe maybe we'll like open a nice bottle of something. Yeah, or, commemorate it. Yeah, yeah. Have some really good food or just like do do something. Yeah, I'm ready to celebrate. Yeah. Yay. Yay. All right. All right. Love you. Love you. Bye.